prayer and on the challenge of the church. Preached a long time, almost two hours. And then that very night, Brother Anthony Mangan had been asked to speak. And would you believe he preached on the same thing? Using a different text and different words and certainly much more eloquent than I had done. But nevertheless, the same subject of prayer. And then we've heard it here. The uh, great thrust of the message last night was, was the time of doubtlessness, of having faith patiently and with faith waiting upon the Lord. But it was called to our attention that we had to go forth with weeping. And then again today, much of Brother Tenney's message has been on the importance of prayer, consecration, dedication to God, and, and seeking the Lord. And I want to talk a little more about it. We announced that we would answer questions, and there are a lot of uh, questions here that we have received, some of them very good and important uh, questions. And we will try to cover uh, some of, of, of these, but maybe in a little different way. Some of the questions are very, very sensitive, and uh, it would be embarrassing maybe if some one would know who asked the questions. So we're going to avoid just reading questions. Is that all right? And we'll try to cover some of the things that, uh, that these involve. Amen. I'd like for you, if you would, to turn in your Bibles to Jude, the only chapter in verse 20. You know it well, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying. Everyone say praying. Praying, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Moving down into a realm of the Spirit. Uh, it's very possible for us to intellectually know that something is right and yet we fail to do it or it is really not a part of our selves and of our mind to the point that it really involves our emotions when something really becomes a part of us it will affect our emotions for instance, in my opinion, when someone receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and you see that individual receive the Holy Ghost, and they are speaking with tongues for the first time in their lives, they've never spoke with tongues before, and they are just at this moment receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and you are certain that they are speaking with tongues. And you know that God is filling them with the Holy Ghost. And we do believe that tongues is the evidence of the Holy Ghost, don't we? Because the Apostle Peter said, For we heard them speak with tongues by God. My opinion, at that moment, you are witnessing the greatest day. Now just about, and you that didn't say it, believe it. Isn't that right? Well, how is it that we stand in the corners, stand in the foyers of the church, and yak and talk and gossip and talk when somebody's receiving the Holy Ghost and we hardly ever look up? See, we believe it in our mind. But it's not really into our emotions. We haven't really took a hold of that thing. I tell you. Uh, now someone can come in in a wheelchair. And they'll be very, very sick. And maybe they're crippled. And their hands are twisted. And uh, their feet are twisted. And they can't walk. And we pray for them. And we hear the cracking of bones. And, and suddenly this person gets up out of the chair. 
and starts walking. You know what happens? Our congregations go right straight through the roof. Well, you just said that receiving the Holy Ghost was the greatest miracle. Well, why do you get so excited about that one when you're so indifferent toward the other? We say things that we really don't practice. And if you want a strong amen out of a congregation, just say that prayer, intercessory prayer, is the way to get the job done. Well, why doesn't anybody do it? I asked myself that question. You know? About every time I get up to preach, I preach to Billy Cole. He needs it worse than anybody else. How do you pray an intercessory prayer? How do you start? We've talked about it a lot. You always come into the presence of the Lord with worship. Singing and worship. You do not have to be kneeling. One of the greatest tricks of the devil was to persuade us that we can't pray unless we're on our knees. You get down on your knees and all you can think about is your knees are hurting. <laughs> Amen. On the day of Pentecost, they received the Holy Ghost where they were sitting. They were not kneeling at an altar. <laughs> Boy, that hurts, doesn't it? Gee whiz. God have mercy. <laughs> you do not have to kneel. However, that is a good way to pray. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. You can lay and pray. You can walk and pray. You can sit and pray. And you began by worship. Just worshiping the Lord. And praising the Lord. You see, you build the house with worship. And when you build that house of worship, the Lord will come into that house. He will come near to you. You cannot really build the kind of a house that the Lord lives in if you are uh, thinking about everything else, you know. If we can just somehow collect our minds, collect our thoughts from other things that we may have to do, from other places that we may have to go. And we begin worshiping and worshiping and worshiping. And then after you have worshiped, begin speaking with tongues. Someone said, Brother Cole, it's hard for me to speak with tongues. That doesn't mean you don't have the Holy Ghost. You know there are some that can speak with tongues so easy. It's easy for me to speak with tongues. Very, very easy. The easiest thing in the world for me to do is speak with tongues. At this very instant, I'm not going to do it, but this instant, this instant, I could start speaking with tongues if I wanted to. Or if I chose to do so. I could just start speaking with tongues. 
Does that mean that I have more of the Holy Ghost than someone who cannot do that? Or even someone who finds it difficult to speak with tongues? No, it does not mean that I have more of the Holy Ghost. It does mean that I have more particularly learned how to yield myself and my mind to God. I have learned how to submit myself and my mind to the Lord. And the way to begin speaking with tongues, of course, is to desire to do so and give your full attention to the Lord. Give your total attention to God. Have faith that He's going to do this through you. Now this may seem very elementary, and it may be elementary. So elementary that some of you may be bored, but I'm going to speak to you what God is laid on my heart. Is that all right? If it's just for the sake of two or three. And this may seem so elementary. But uh, you get your attention right on the Lord. And then you desire. Desire affects God. Uh, there'd be a whole sermon preached on that word. But I'll just make a statement. That desire tremendously affects God. And so you desire to speak in that heavenly language. And you have faith. God can't do anything for us unless we exercise faith. Magnificent message we heard last night. Faith. And have faith that God is going to do this through you. And then as you are worshiping, there will be strange sounds come to your mind. And when that happens, you must not resist speaking that. The scripture says they received the Holy Ghost and spake in other tongues as the Spirit of God give the utterance. The Bible says they spake. They spake. The Spirit give the utterance, but they they, their mouth moved. Their tongue moved. You have to cooperate with God. You have to cooperate with God. And so you cannot just close your mouth. Uh, it's not impossible for this to happen. But it is a resistance. Just to close your mouth like a Quaker. And just wait. And not going to move. I got a little sister in the church that I pastor. She is absolutely motionless until she has resisted to the point. She doesn't do it out of rebellion. She just doesn't know how else to do it. And uh, I haven't been able to change her mind yet. <laughs> but she will sit motionless through a whole service until the Spirit of God just so breaks through on her that she, she dances in a rather strange Wait, she just almost explodes. But she will hardly do anything up to that point. And so it is with some people. They will resist speaking with tongues. Thinking, they think that if they cooperate, that somehow they're going to be doing something in themselves. And that is not true. We have to cooperate with God. And so we give voice to the words and sounds that come to our mouth, uh, to our mind. And at first it may be halting. But from that moment on, something will just seem to take charge. And it will flow through us. And we will wonder where the source is, so to speak. It will just flow through us and we, and we speak. Now then, when we learn how to submit ourselves in speaking with tongues, then that helps us to get into a dimension of intercession. You are not in intercession when you are just speaking with tongues. To intercede, as Brother Tenney so beautifully brought out in the general conference, is to strike at something, to resist something, to fight against it and many times tongues 
is a praise and a worship unto the Lord. As I had demonstrated to you when I first got up here, this little girl receiving the Holy Ghost, she was praising the Lord. And many times tongues is, is of that fashion. There are many have asked about uh, different kinds of tongues. There is a tongue of inspiration. Sometimes you will uh, be in a service and someone is, uh, is uh, preaching and they'll just say something that so inspires you that, that suddenly you just burst out speaking with tongues. And we sit and wonder, we sit and wonder why there is no interpretation. It was not a message. It was just simply inspiration. Someone was just praising God in tongues. When that happens, the thing to do is just say, well, sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so was praising the Lord. Let's all praise the Lord and then go ahead and have church. Right. You don't throw them out on the street because they made a little mistake or something, you see. <laughs> Sometimes we just tear up whole services over something like that. Amen. But there is a tongue of inspiration. Uh, there is a tongue of intercession. There is a tongue of receiving the Holy Ghost. And there's others. And we... Uh, and uh, we learn to recognize these through experience and hearing them. To one ear, the untrained ear, they all sound alike. But to the sensitive ear, there is a distinct difference in the sound. And so when you begin to speak with tongues, you still are not in a dimension of intercession. You come to a deeper dimension when you pray in intercession. And by the way, you can pray intercessorily in your own language, which happens to be English. You can pray intercessorily when you are striking out against something, when you're praying against the devil, when you're praying against the powers of darkness, when you're praying against obstacles that's hindering the church, when you pray for a sister or a brother or for a family, uh, against something that is uh, hindering that family from walking with God or, or just uh, uh, handcuffing them, so to speak, and you pray against that, even in your own language, then you, uh, you are indeed praying intercessorily. Now, what's the advantage of praying in the Spirit? When you pray in the Spirit... You're not praying for what's burdening you. You're praying for what's burdening God. You see. You see, we get burdened about all kinds of things. We get burdened that our grandkid have a new bicycle for Christmas. And that's all right, you know. I'm not sure how many tears God sheds over that. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, we shed a lot of tears over things like that. We get so burdened about those things, and that's what we pray about. And so the tremendous advantage to moving into the realm of the Spirit is that you are indeed praying what God wants you to pray. God takes charge of your brain, your mind. God takes charge of your facilities. God takes charge of your tongue. And God uses your voice to pray the prayer that he wants prayed. And that is effective. Can you say amen? amen? And so, when you come to the place where you can speak with tongues, then you've got to couple with the tongues a burden. You cannot pray intercessorily without a burden you can be burdened for something that you know about or God can just bring a depression in your spirit that will cause you to feel burdened and, and by the way that is your signal to pray intercessorily is a depression of your spirit Daniel in the 10th chapter he said he felt very alone you will feel, suddenly, you, you may be in a crowd like this. One of the most beautiful crowds in the whole world, as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, 
And uh, you can be in the crowd of the district conference or camp meeting. Or you could be in the crowd of the general conference. You could be surrounded with thousands of believers. And suddenly, not in every case, there are other things that will cause you to feel alone. But suddenly you could feel very alone and separated from the whole situation. If you are not experienced, you may interpret that to be depression. There is a very real thing called depression. There really is. Sometimes it's caused from uh, medical problems in your body. Sometimes it's caused from the type of food that you eat. Sometimes it's because of situations that surround you. There is something that is genuinely a depression. There are those who become so depressed that even they have what we call nervous breakdowns until their whole system is just shattered by it. But on the other hand, the same kind of a feeling will come to you when you get a burden from God to pray an intercessory prayer. And if you're not aware of this, you'll think, oh my, oh, I feel so terrible, you know. I've, I've got to go to the store. I've got to go shopping. I've got to... I've got to take a vacation. I've got to, I've got to go somewhere. And you can't imagine how many burdens we shake off. And call it something else. Amen. And when you feel this depression of your spirit. And you want to get alone. And if you're not careful. It will turn to horrible self-pity. And you will isolate yourself. You get into a bedroom and pull the shades down. And go to bed and pull the covers over your head. Really. When what you should have done is maybe sit down or lay down or whatever and start worshiping God. And then move into this realm of speaking with tongues. Speaking with tongues. And then associate it with this depressed feeling you have, which let's call it not depression, let's call it a burden. And because many times God will burden you for things and not reveal to you what it is. He says, we pray for we know not what. Isn't that what it says? In Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, in the spirit we pray for we know not what. Uh, someone asked the question, Do you, are, will God reveal to you what you're praying about? He may or he may not. Revelation comes through another ministry. The ministry of the working of knowledge and so forth. There are times when you can become burdened and... Uh, and God will reveal to you. I remember one time, a uh, very wonderful memory I have of, uh, we was uh, several years ago, pastoring in the northern part of West Virginia, and uh, had a very wonderful guest with us, and it was just about time to introduce him to speak. It was, we'd been worshiping the Lord some 45 minutes or so, and it was, uh, we were cutting the preliminary short because he was there, and just as I stood to the pulpit, I felt this extreme burden in my heart. And I mentioned it to the church. Well, there's a lot of things that church in Wheeling didn't understand and didn't know. But one thing they did understand, they knew how to pray intercessorily. And just as I began to pray that way myself, the whole congregation within a matter of seconds was in a dimension of intercession. And while they were praying, God revealed to me that there was a United Pentecostal preacher in the Pittsburgh airport, that he was desperately discouraged, dangerously discouraged, and that we were in fact praying for him. I did not tell the congregation that, but we continued to pray until the burden was lifted. And one sister arose and under the anointing of the Holy Ghost made the mention of the fact 
that God had put a hedge about this man and that he would indeed, uh, this person she said, uh, that, uh, that he would be all right, that God had protected them and God would protect them. Well, we went on to have a fine service in a rather normal uh, revival service type meeting. And I really, quite frankly, almost forgot it. But anyhow, along about quarter to 11 or 11 o'clock, my phone rang. And I quickly recognized the voice. If I would mention the man's name here today, over half of this congregation would know the name, just like a very prominent young man. And I said, where are you at? He said, I'm in the Ramada Inn uh, near the Pittsburgh airport. I said, how did you come? He said, I come by plane. What time did you get there? Quarter after eight. And then I heard this horrible wail on the phone. And he wailed in a cry and said, Brother Cole, it's all over. My city has crushed me. My city has crushed me. I am devastated. I said, son, are you in sin? He said, absolutely not. But I am devastated. My wife and my children does not know where I'm at. My, children, my church does not know where I'm at right now. I, I am just fleeing. Uh, my, my city has crushed me. And I said, God has already intervened. God has already answered prayer for you. Praise the Lord. That young man came to my house and stayed for two or three days and went home. He immediately called his wife and let her know where he was at. And to this day, that church does not know where he was at. What would have happened if someone had not have prayed intercessorily? Now, God revealed to me who this was, but that is not a part of intercessory ministry. That comes through another ministry. I've laid hands upon someone in this uh, conference already, not during the day, but in the night service. Someone wanted me to lay hands on him. I turned to Brother Teddy and I said, do you know who this man is? He said, no, I don't know who he is. I said, well, he whipped his wife. But that is not intercession. That's an entirely different ministry altogether. So God may or may not reveal to you what your burden is. But there has to be an, a burden that is associated with the tongues. Now then, when the burden is associated with the tongues, then it will move to a deeper dimension. The Bible speaks at Zion travailing as with child. Amen. And it is very similar to giving birth to a child. They tell me that, uh, that a woman can come to a certain place when she is delivering a child and once she bears down on and she bears down and the pains have begun and she bears down. I, I'm not talking about the situation today where we have so much modern medications and so forth to control all of this but before we had all of that once a woman would bear down she could not stop that it would be just as automatic as breathing like the tick of a clock and those pains would become closer and closer and there is nothing she could do about it there would just be that depression in her body now when you reach a dimension of intercession you will have a similar physical feeling. It will not be so painful as giving uh, birth to a child, I'm sure. But there will be a contraction in your spirit. There will just be something in you that just seems to pull down. And then it will release. And then as you weep before God and you pray and you give voice to this, there will be another contraction in the spirit. You will feel it. You will feel it. Amen. In your spirit. And uh, someone says, uh, well, I had an experience like that, but uh, 
If I opened my eyes, I could see somebody, I could hear people talking. You don't go unconscious. You're not in a coma. You know, if you open your eyes, you will see a woman that's giving birth to a child. If she opens her eyes, she can see you. And if you say something, she can hear you. The point is, she's not interested in you. <laughs> Amen. And so it is in intercession. If you open your eyes, somebody's in the room, you'll see them. If someone says something, you'll hear them. But you won't be interested in them. Your total attention will be given to this thing. Praise the Lord. And it will move very deep into your spirit. Hallelujah. Would you pray right now that the Lord will direct me from this moment on. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I worship you, Lord Jesus. And I praise you, almighty God. Blessed be thy holy name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This takes a terrific toll. This takes a terrific toll on your body. That's the reason why it is so important that we have a balanced experience with the Lord. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so it's important to shout because that will make you stronger. Whenever we lift our hands and worship and praise the Lord and we dance, your mind and your body is actually going through a process of healing. Your mind is being healed when you worship. When you dance or when you praise the Lord or rejoice, whatever it is you do when you rejoice, your body and your mind is being healed. Now, when you're in the depth of intercession, the opposite is true. In Isaiah, speaking of the Christ that would come, speaking of his intercession, spoke that he was travailed even unto death. Death is working in you when that happens. I read for you in 2 Corinthians to underscore this point. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 10 to 12. Always bearing about that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death, for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Look at verse 12. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. When a person is in the depth of intercession, your flesh is in the fact in the, in the very act of dying. There is death working in your body at that moment. Such a gift should be such a gift that when, and it is a gift. Someone has asked to me if you can uh, develop an intercession. Yes, you can make yourself available to God and it will happen. It, uh, uh, you know, uh, people that, uh, one reason we used to have so many, uh, uh, youth directors going to the mission field was because they exposed themselves to the burden through uh, she's for Christ and they ended up on the field when you make yourself available to God he can use you not necessarily for everything that we that we ask for but when it is a gift it is a ministry everyone should pray intercessorily on occasion but there are those who obtain a ministry uh, of this and when a person actually receives a ministry of uh, intercession then it has to be governed it's just like the call to preach uh, I could preach ten times a day you know but uh, 
I have to govern myself. I have to be reasonable. I have to determine what I can physically able to do. I know that uh, uh, a situation very, very close to me is in the life of my own wife, who has been an intercessor for, for many years. And uh, uh, she, we did not know these things at that time when we were in Thailand, especially when we were traveling from nation to nation. But she was an intercessor. She would go very deep in intercession. For hours she would do it. There's been times that I would have actually have to pick her up off of the floor. She would not be able to get up off of the floor. I would pick her up. I did not fully understand some of the things that I understand uh, uh, today. I remember one occasion I told her, I said, You've, uh, Shirley, you are destroying your health. You, you have got to quit. And she looked up to me. She was laying face down on the floor in a hotel. And uh, she said, I cannot stop at this point. She did answer me. But she said, there is so much pain in my chest. I cannot rise. I remember I picked her up and laid her on the bed. She had laid on that floor for four solid hours. And when I laid her on the bed, she continued to pray. Well, I thank God for all of that. In the next 21 days, we've seen 566 Indonesians receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. But something broke in my wife. Something snapped in her body. And she would uh, go unconscious and uh, I thought she was dying. I had to get her all the way to Bangkok to a hospital, which was quite a long thing. Laying her on the floor of a train, sending her by plane some 2,000 miles. And they examined her for several days. They thought she had had a cerebral hemorrhage because every time her head would move, she'd go unconscious. And uh, finally the doctors came to me and said, uh, they were Seventh-day Adventist Christian people. They said to me, what in the name of God are you people doing? What have you been doing? I said, what do you mean? They said, we have diagnosed that your wife is dying of a broken heart. They said, the water and the blood has separated. And the blood has come to the pores of the skin. It has affected her entire system. It has affected her kidneys. It's affected her heart. Everything has nearly collapsed. So death worketh in you. Amen. But uh, you see the power of it. The things that can be accomplished. There must be a governing of it. But when it moves into that dimension of depth and you strike out, as Brother Tenney so beautifully called to our attention in the General Conference, and you begin to deal with this, there must be a speaking. Now I've heard some, I've heard some as they wail, and I know that this is very important to a lot of people. Uh, is it all right, Brother Tenney? Okay. I don't want to hurt nobody. And I sure don't want to offend anyone. But there's some things that we do that in my opinion is not really very effective. And that is when we wail. Wail. You know, we wail. And we call that groanings that cannot be uttered. Uh... In my opinion, you, you take it for what it's worth. In my opinion, that when we do that, we are in, indeed confessing to a burden. But there is something very vital about speaking. We have got to speak. When we wail, we admit to a burden. When we speak, we are in fact addressing that problem. We are attacking that problem. 
This is one of the reasons why it's so important to pray. You know, someone has uh, mentioned to me in times past, Brother Cole, God knows the very thoughts and the intents of our heart. He knows everything. He knows what we need better than we know ourselves. Why do we have to pray? Why do we have to say something when God knows all of this? Because I don't know exactly why, but God has put it in his plan that our speech, when we speak, that that deals with the subject. And that deals with the problem, the speaking. It's important to speak. In my opinion, many times we burn up a tremendous amount of spiritual energy in just crying. I don't want to offend you, but that's what I believe. We, we, we burn up a tremendous amount of spiritual energy. We have got to speak, address the problem. That's the reason why it's important to speak in the spirit. Many times I have seen people praying in a dimension of intercession and they would either be wailing or and sometimes screaming and so forth and I think that's always wrong. Never right to scream in church. Never. In my opinion. It just does not honor God. And uh, I tell our folks that, uh, that uh, whenever you do something that causes everybody else to stop, it's wrong. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> I just don't think that's ever right. <laughs> Amen. But wailing sometimes. I have went to them and say, speak with tongues. And they'll hear you. They're not unconscious. They're not in a coma. Amen. And speak with tongues. And then in the same dimension, they start speaking with tongues. You are in fact addressing the problem at that moment. I heard a woman one time speak with tongues in a service and it was so powerful and of course the congregation thought there should be an interpretation. God did not give me the interpretation but the church had been trained to go silent and so uh, uh, everybody became silent and waited for the interpretation and so uh, I prayed in my own heart and mind, Lord give me the interpretation so that uh, I can give the people the interpretation and we can go on with our service. And, uh, and when I thought that and prayed that in my heart, instantly she began to pray again. She was sitting on the second pew. And it was powerful. It was genuinely powerful. And she fell over on the pew. The church was not crowded in any sense of the word. And there was plenty of room. And she was very well dressed, very modest woman. And she fell over on the pew, praying in this powerful tongue. And the Lord made me to understand what she was saying. She was praying for a Chinese pastor in the middle of red China. Now it's not so great to go to China today, but when that happened more than 20 years ago, it was absolutely impossible for an American to go into China. 20 years ago, we did not know there was any Jesus name believers in China. Since that time, we have learned that there are literally thousands of people in China that has been baptized in Jesus name. Can you say praise the Lord? So by the power of the Holy Ghost, she was actually addressing a problem. The Bible says, say to the mountain, or speak to the mountain. Many times our words are so powerful that it will address that situation and deal with it. And there's no other spiritual or unspiritual force that's necessary to deal with that at all. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God is in a partnership with us. And he wants us to speak. It's what he has demanded. And so we speak with this tremendous burden in the spirit. Now there is a deeper dimension than even that. I remember experiencing it one single time in my life in Thailand when there was a terrible, terrible storm came to our camp. 
And we had every single preacher in the nation of Thailand that was oneness in that camp at that time. And it looked like that our camp and that our lives were going to be completely and totally destroyed. It was a horrible storm. I don't know what you would call it, but it was a terrific storm. We was right on the seacoast and uh, in the Gulf of Siam. The waves were tremendously high coming in and beating against the shoreline there close to where we were at. We had little uh, buildings that, uh, I don't know what you would call them, we call them Jenny Lynn up in, in West Virginia. Uh, you know, single-walled and they were, they were very, very flimsy buildings compared to what you folks are uh, used to. And it looked like everything was going to be torn down, torn to pieces. And the brethren began to pray the district board was there with me in the same building and we began to pray and went into a dimension of intercession and then there was a, this occasion where I went to a deeper dimension and I was saying one single word I'm not sure what that word was but something began to move in me and I and I thought within my own heart that I was cursing that wind or commanding that wind to stop. And I was saying this one word. Not expect any great uh, burden when we do something like what I'm going to do right now. You cannot expect any great burden because uh, it just don't work that way. But I want you to pray an intercessory prayer. We're going to start by worshiping. We're going to worship. And then we're going to start speaking with tongues. And then we're going to ask the Lord to associate that speaking with tongues with a burden. And then let it move deeper. Will you do it? Will you do it? And I'm going to come to you as I feel led of the Lord to help you. Hallelujah. Let's start by worshiping the Lord. I worship you, Lord Jesus. I praise you, Lord Jesus. I magnify thy matchless holy name. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be thy holy name. Blessed be thy holy name. Hallelujah. That's it. Let's worship the Lord. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord Jesus. I worship you, Lord Jesus. I worship you, Lord Jesus. I worship you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord. Give Jesus your total attention. Give your whole attention on the Lord. All right. Now let's speak with tongues. Everyone in the congregation, start speaking with tongues. Speak with tongues, everyone. Hallelujah. Everyone speaking with tongues. Speak with tongues. Now, in your heart, ask the Lord to burden your heart. Ask the Lord to burden you.
Have your attention, please. Would you let me have your attention, please? Would you let me have your attention, please? Amen. If someone is still praying, would you just reach over and touch them and let me tell them to let me have their attention? Now, we're not trying to control the spirit here today. We're trying to cooperate with the Spirit. Let me have your attention just a moment now, folks. Amen. Let me have your attention just a minute. God bless you. Now there's no question in my mind but what I am loved in this district just about as much as anybody and certainly I'm loved here as much as I am anywhere in the world and I want you to know that I treasure that I treasure that very much and you can be sure that I love you too but I'm going to tell you something right now it's going to sting you half to death you folks don't know how to pray an intercessory prayer. Now let's try again. Everyone together. He is not giving a message. Let's everyone try again. Let's worship the Lord. We worship you Lord Jesus. Let's get down there. Let's worship the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Let's talk to the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Oh, ask the Lord to burden your heart now. Ask the Lord to burden your heart. Let's keep right on praying. Keep right on talking. If you don't like it, just you can get up and slip out. But let's let's keep right on praying. <laughs> Jesus we worship you Lord God In the name of the Lord Jesus. Would you turn to your neighbor and lay your hand upon your neighbor? And let's pray for our neighbor, whoever's sitting beside you. Pray. 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ right now Lord Jesus now we're reaching it now you're getting down there that's it now we're getting down there okay now we're reaching it. Now we're reaching it. Come on now. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Ah, you're reaching it. You're down there. You're down there. Let's keep praying. We're going to solve some problems today. We're going to solve some problems today. Pray for your neighbor. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. whipping some problems today this is not going to be a wasted prayer eternity will be able to tell what this prayer meeting has accomplished you can be sure that this prayer meeting will have a very far reaching effect I ask the Lord to burden my heart so that I could be the proper example to you and the Lord burdened my heart for a certain person in this building and give me an insight. This prayer meeting is going to have a far-reaching effect. There has been some barriers broke here today. There is not a greater district in the entire world and this is no time for cheap flattery there is no district in the world that's greater than the Louisiana district but a lot of you have what you've got is because some old timers paid the price and handed it to you and we are content with our churches that's big enough to make us a full-time pastor 
and pay our bills and we are content. And you're wondering, well, pray, pray for what? What about the rest of us? What about us folks in the north and the east and, and in other continents of the world? Your prayers are not just limited for your own city or your own state. Can you imagine what would happen in your local church if every member in your church would pray just the little bit that we've prayed here this evening? Can you imagine what would happen if they would pray in that dimension? Praise the Lord. I hope I have not been offensive. In your hearts, let's ask the Lord to give us the interpretation. Lord, we ask that you speak to us. And please don't be inhibited by me if the Lord speaks to you. Give us the interpretation. Let's worship the Lord together. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord Jesus. the authority by the authority that's invested in me as a man of God and this pulpit being given to me I want one person on my right hand to let God use you and speak to us speak to us in tongues Now then, I do not want anyone to speak the interpretation, but God is going to speak to every sincere heart a direct message to you that will be diverse. God will give you individually his message to you personally. If you want it, will you ask him for it right now? Let us worship the Lord. We worship you, Lord Jesus.
Let us worship the Lord. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. All right. I'd like for you to stop right now. Now the Lord is going to speak to you right now. To your own mind. The message that you are getting now is from God. I want you to believe what the Lord has said to you. However great or wild it might be. I want you to believe that the Lord has spoken to you. Has anybody got anything here to praise the Lord for now? Let's praise Him. Praise the Lord. God bless you.